0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Works Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit Praise God! Isn't He wonderful this morning? Amen. You're a precious body of believers, I'll tell you. God's got big things for you. Don't, don't disconnect now. Just find your way back to your seat. I think that's the way church should be, is we're out of our seats a whole lot more. Amen. Jesus was a religion breaker. He was a tradition breaker. Oh my goodness. Look at the Barstonians in the house this morning. You have some good looking people. I believe I'm preaching to the cream of the crop. Come on now. Do you love your city? Come on. All right then. We've got to talk good about it. Amen. He's doing something in Barstow. could it be that the Holy Ghost gets a hold of this desert? He does something in it. And creates a whole worldwide revival. What do you think? Well, if you don't know who we are, it's Brian Besser Ministries. And we believe in comforting the afflicted and afflict the comforted. So if you're comfortable this morning, you're going to be challenged. Amen. And we believe that reapers are rising. We believe that we've been sowing and sowing and sowing. But now it's our season of harvest. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And we believe that we've been commissioned to your church to stir up the gifts and callings of God for such a time as this. And listen, reaping is not automatic. You've got to have faith for this harvest stuff. Amen. Just like this morning, we had faith to release in our finances. How many you know you've got to love a pastor that speaks truth about giving? Aren't you glad that he's not teaching you how to be stingy? That he's showing you how to release your faith to actually receive something back from God. Isn't that good news? Oh, come on. We've got to get a little better at that. Come on. He wants, Jesus wants you to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What does that mean? That means you've got to start ordering on the other side of the menu once in a while. I always look for the value meal. Don't get me wrong. I'm always going to McDonald's trying to get. i got a 16-year-old son. i got to do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm frugal. But don't let your frugal get in the way of God just dumping on you. Amen? Sometimes you got to stretch your faith in areas that are uncomfortable. When it comes to giving for Barbara and I, she's always got the bigger number. I'm like, oh, great. I'll start out pretty good, and then she just triples it. And I'm like, all right, well, that's it. Thank you, Jesus. How many know God wants to get us out of our comfort zone and into the Holy Ghost zone? Amen. It's time that we're stepping in, stepping out and doing. And listen, it don't matter if you just got saved last week. We're looking for you. You're excited. You're ready to go. There's a little bit of equipping, a little bit of training, and we're going to be talking about some of that this morning and then tonight. How to release what's on the inside of you to the outside world. She's already got something going on right there. Hallelujah. She's like, I'm already releasing it right there. How many know that's what it's all about, amen? I just kind of was sitting up here this morning thinking back about 15, well, I'd say about 20 years now, and how far that I've come in the Lord. And I'm sitting there just with a tear in my eye going, man, I used to be in the choir hungover. You know what I'm talking about? Having a good old Saturday night and then coming into church playing the part. But I was doing it. I had a good heart. I was just up there singing and doing it. But I look back at some of those days and go, How blessed that the Lord didn't give up on Brian Besser. That I don't have to be hung over and put a bunch of breath mints in this morning. It's me. Here I am. Praise God. He's working with all of us. And for whatever part that is, it's time. And so Brian Besser Ministries is just out stirring up the body of Christ for the end time harvest in the United States of America. Come on, somebody. We believe that if millions of souls can get saved in Africa, they can get saved in Barstow. Come on. Yeah? You believe it? We believe if I can go to Peru and hundreds of people are running to the altar, pushing people over to get to Jesus, we believe the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead can make people do the same thing right here. And by the way, the altar is open this morning. If you don't know, Jesus Cristo. You can know him this morning. He wants to invade your heart. He wants to invade your family. He wants to invade your space. He's here. This is my commercial. (laughs) We're just getting geared up. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're just getting geared up. God is good. We love the Sample family. Don't you love your pastors? My goodness. What? What a good, good bunch of people. They have treated us like royalty this week. Pastor, of course, course, Bernie and Janice and David and Katie, pastors here. They have just reached out their best hand for us. We're even staying on the church property. Come on, somebody. And when you stay in hotels 200 days out of the year, that house over there is exactly what God ordered. Amen. Woo! We slept so good. Nobody banging on the walls next door. We had some space. God is good. And we just really appreciate you for blowing fresh wind in our sails at this stage of our ministry. We've been on the road three weeks. And so this is our third stop. We've had some powerful services in Santa Maria and Castro Valley, California. Tell me know God's not done with California. (laughs) Hey, listen, this state might have legalized marijuana, but we're still high for Jesus. Amen. We're, we're at High Desert Word Center this morning. <laughs> oh, praise God. So we've had powerful services, like I said. Healing's breaking out. Just while I'm preaching, just healing going down. You know, we don't have to get all like, you know, but things are happening. If you're here today and you want to receive, just, just keep grabbing. Keep taking, amen? Hallelujah. So, I just wanted to do a little commercial this morning. If you don't know already, Levi and I in June released a father-son project called Just a Singing. And it is a cool little project. Most of the songs on here I wrote. So, I was like, Lord, if you ever want them on a CD, I'd be honored. He blew on this project. He said, go ahead, put them on there. And then Levi picked Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. It's an old hymn. It's really a precious project. And uh, you've got to pick this up back there if you'd like. And then how many know we need perfect peace? In this chaotic world, amen? And so it says that, uh, you know, God says perfect peace. uh, Beyond all of our stress and our challenges, we can have peace that passes all our understanding. How many know sometimes we got to get it out of here and grab it from in here? Because in here it gets real crazy. Well, this project is an atmosphere project, it's going to let you grab some stuff from the inside. And it's called perfect peace. It's 45 minutes of piano music with some strings. And I'm going to tell you, when the kids are screaming and they're grabbing your leg, just throw this in or they'll go to sleep, all right? That's our hope for the project. I found out, too, that this uh, blue flame that the Lord had me put on here, uh, it's kind of an interesting story. The blue flame is the, the hottest ignition point of a fire. So if you're ever at a campfire you ever seen a propane flame, There's a blue center to it, and that is the hottest point of that fire. It's an ignition point. And so how many know when we ignite our spirit, amen, we're able to do some great exploits, amen? And so I believe this will connect you with some peace and some things that you're going to need. And I also found out when I looked this up that this symbol or this type of flame with the blue is the national symbol of autism. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. So autistic kids and all of that that are dealing with some of that, maybe God wants some autistic kids healed. Amen? Just through the power of music. So be blessed with these. Who wants this justice thing? And I'm going to give this one away. Yeah, I got you right here. No, yeah, you right there. This is good looking. Look at this guy right here. Yeah, you bet. Who needs some peace? Amen. Peace. Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Peace, peace. Peace, 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 peace. Hey. Brother, peace. Okay. Amen. So that's just some of the product back there. I've also got some photography from when I've been traveling around the country. God is beautiful. If you look anywhere, you'll find beauty. Amen. And even in Barstow, there's some beautiful things out here. Amen. Praise God. God, you are so good this morning. I want to share a little bit this morning. We're not going to spend a lot of time, but we're going to prep for tonight. Amen. We're going to kind of get ready for tonight. And I wanted to just share with with you a little bit. How do you get what's on the inside to the outside? Sometimes we get boggled down. We got care. We got the normal grind of life. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are 8 to 5. Some of you 5 to midnight. Some of you doing swing. Some of you doing graveyard. That's okay. You'll be resurrected. And some of you are just flat out too busy. And sometimes the inside is not speaking. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you got it right there. There is a flame, and we're here to fan it this morning. Amen? I want you to go to Ezekiel 37 real quick. Come on, we're going to get into this a little bit. And Levi, my son, I miss him this morning, but he's doing a great thing back there. He's teaching and singing to the kids. And so if there's revival that breaks out there and they start running in here, we'll just run with them. Amen? <laughs> Amen. How I many you know your Bible's important? I'm telling you, this this Bible, this Word of God has changed my life from drug addict to alcoholic to bringing me into a place where I finally can see His grace to run my race. I'm going to tell you, as soon as I started really believing this Word, I started figuring out I didn't have to be broke, busted, and disgusted, that I could have some things, that I didn't have to be poor no more. The Gospel of Jesus is not just the cross. If you're a good Catholic, you know about that. They, they believe in the cross. I mean, they still hang them on there. You know? He's just hanging out. How many know the cross of Jesus is It's empty? We're serving a living God who, that has transferred the power of the Holy Ghost back into the church. The problem with many Christians is, is everything's already been paid for. They just don't know how to receive. You're praying for things that he's already supplied for. He's already saved you. Listen, he died once. That's it. He's not going to do it again. No, no second chance. No, no sequel in The Passion. You know what I'm saying? There's no sequel. There's no part two of The Passion for Christ. How many of you have seen that movie? Aren't you glad there's not a sequel? I barely got through the first one. What he did at Calvary paved the way and paid it all right out the front. He just laid it all out and said, here it is. And then he said in his heart, through his word, that 2,000 years later, in Barstow, California, March something or other. What is it? 17th? 18th? March 18th, 2018, that these people right here can grab a hold of the seed of the word of God and start changing. It goes for healing. Many, many traditional ways and people say, oh, it's just God's will. I was raised kind of Methodist, and it was like that. Oh, it's God's will. Whatever happens, happens. It's all up to God. Well, how many know that's not true? Because if you go to High Desert Word Center, you know you've got authority in Jesus Christ. Come on. That means you've got to kind of talk to your seed. If you need a healing, you just start thanking them for it. Say, thank you, Lord, even though I feel sick, I'm not sick for what you did on Calvary. Amen? So there's some things that have already been settled long time ago. So that means when you go into the throne of grace, you don't got to beg, borrow. You don't got to, Oh, Jesus. I just wish You'd do it all for me. I'm just a slimy snail in the life of Christianity. Lord, bless me real good. He already did. It's this time that we rise up Believe what he says and get the power on the inside so, amen, so we can be a blessing to others. And really, that's what it's all about. We start somewhere in life, but it's not where we're going to end. Say it again. If we start somewhere. Our place of ending is completely, completely different. You can ask pastors this in their journey, where they've been and how they've come through. How many know God's taken us through? But you cannot be just a resurrected Christian. I'm going to show you right now. Ezekiel 37 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. In my travels, we do a lot of Arizona ministry, and I'm going to tell you, I've almost seen that picture. Come on, somebody. I've been in Bullhead City, Arizona, where it's 122 degrees. Barbara and I spent our, uh, our anniversary there last year. It was a hot, romantic time. Oh man, I've got to stop. Needless to say, my wife Barbara is here today. I get so excited about preaching, but I just wanted to honor my wife. Stand up. Stand up. I just love her so much. Come on. There's my wife. Yeah, I get a little ahead myself, but she's so beautiful. I keep scanning. I go, Who is that hot lady in the front row? She's Hispanic, too. She's my little Latin. She's all, Ooh, she's got the fire, let me tell you. But I do love you. I love you. Uh, sometimes on Sunday morning it gets busy, but I just wanted to say thank you for all that you are and what you do for our ministry. I just love you with all my heart. The best days are ahead. Barbara got herself a house. After three years of being on the road uh, and and trying to get into Branson, Missouri, it was a tough journey. But I'll tell you what, this last trip, the the second to the day, the second day, how how am I saying this? Yeah, thank you. The second to the last day as we're leaving Branson, uh, the Lord dumped on us a beautiful home on the lake in Branson, Missouri. And I didn't even know if it was the time. I thought, well, we'll just keep moving and keep going. And I believe Barbara's faith just reached out and says, I'm going to have a house. So I can't wait. April 4th or so, when we roll back into Branson, I'm going to get me some homemade tamales. Come on, somebody. We're, we're, <laughs> we're going to get some chili verde. Ugh. Chili Colorado. <laughs> That's my wife. Some homemade tortillas. Yeah. I went white on you. Sorry. Tortillas, yeah. But it's good to see God breaking out in our lives and increasing us. Amen. So the ministry's going to have a home base now. We're going to be able to travel out of Branson. It's smack dab in the center of the country. And my wife prayed in that house and I, I just am excited to get back to that so you can have your home. And the Lord's been so good in those three years. If you can imagine the provision to, to spend money on hotels every night... Uh, to feed all three of us eating out every night thousands of dollars uh, to be able to go out and to, to be able to preach the gospel. And we never missed a beat. The Lord provided. He, he, he made it happen. And, and there was a few times where we're like, well, Lord, if the ravens come, I'll eat it. I'm good. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Talk about comfort zone stuff, right? But here we have the valley of dry bones. It's dry. It's nasty. It doesn't seem like there's any life. It's just kind of there. It's a representation of death. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus Christ loves raising the dead. And then it says in verse 2, And caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Maybe not much hope. Verse 3, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones. And it says, O ye dry bones, hear the word of God. How many know when you bring the word of God into some things, it starts shaking some things? It says, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, that's tendons, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. How many know that in our lives God wants to put into us something that reminds Him that we are of Him? That we are just absolutely His people. The people of His pasture. The people of His kingdom. I love this. And then it says, uh, So I prophesied, verse 7, As I was commanded, as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together bone to bone. And when I beheld low, the sinews in the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. What I want you to stop and listen to me this morning is, there is many Christians right now that are walking dead. They have raised up, they're going to church, they're playing the part, and I'm even going to go step out right now, many of them are volunteers... Many of them are staff people. They're just raised up and they're going through the motions, but there's no breath in them. How many know it's more to be just resurrected? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and... The what? The life. So that means there's a lot of resurrected Christians without a life. And there's many Christians with a life... Without the resurrection. But let me tell you this morning, if you can bring those two together, whoo, if you can bring resurrection power with the abundant life, with a life that's replicating Jesus on earth, we got, we're we getting somewhere. Are you sticking with me this morning? It's one thing. These bones probably just bone to bone. They're hanging out, walking dead. How boring. There's even a show on TV that's called The Walking Dead. They're celebrating death. I hope you don't watch that show. I'm evangelist. You better stop watching that show. Repent! (laughs) Awful stuff. I spent like ten seconds on it and my spirit was like, oh, nasty We were at one church about 12 churches ago. I ain't going to say where, what, who, when, and how, but they were having some people on the worship team were getting together, having a walking dead party and having this thing. We're at their house watching this show. I mean, really? We've been brought from death to life. That means the more. Hey, come on. That means the more we feed on life, the more we'll have a life. But it's one thing coming in here trying to be resurrected when you've got no life. So I've seen this as I'm reading. I've never seen this before. I was always excited about, hey, the bones came together. But bones without breath are nothing. God wants to start breathing into you what your purpose is. Not the normal grind, but the Holy Ghost grind. Your purpose. Why are you born? Why are you sitting here? Why? Have you ever asked this question? Why Barstow? (laughs) I (laughs) I knew there'd be a couple. When we were traveling looking for a place, God said Branson three years ago, but in the process, I was looking for all other places. And just, I believe the Lord was just testing me because He had me going into beach areas. I was on the coast of California, I was in the Gulf of Mexico. I was in Florida, and I'm like, Lord, I'll stay right here. This is great. 80 degrees, when all the rest of the country's getting blizzards. I'm like, right here, Lord, I'll I'll go right here. How many of you know the reason you're here is bigger than you? Oh, man, I'm going to tell you what, in good old Barstow. Listen, I know your city. I've been here for a week. I've been out there. I've been to Starbucks, McDonald's. I sat in one of the train cars and... Read my word, left tracks all over town. There's a hardcore people here that need Jesus. Which means they need a hardcore people that are going to go get them. (laughs) Amen. Some of you are still trying to figure out what church you're in this morning. That's all right. Just laugh at the jokes. It's going to be all right. Here we go. So here's the bones, no breath. Here's what God wants to do. Then then he said unto him, Prophesy under the wind. Kind of familiar, huh? Acts talks about a sound of a rushing wind. This is a representation of the Holy Ghost. You might have got saved last week, but today you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a part of the benefit package. Prophesy under the wind, and the wind, thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live so i prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them come on and they lived now we got bones walking around with some life that means it ain't just coming into church doing the you know the small tv worship they're holding a small tv they get a little higher But when they get that Holy Ghost in them, praise God. You can't reach your city if you're dead bones. This church ain't going to send you out and try to get you involved and be ready for every good work when you're half busted. That's why we're here. We're going to get this thing going because there's revival ripe for your city. Amen. That's where meth and crack addicts come to Jesus Christ and just fall all over the altar. That's where they leave their addictions at the altar right there. That's where it all comes to the head. Where the rubber meets the road is in Barstow, California at High Desert Word. That's what's going to happen. But you've got to be ready. Say, it, say to your neighbor, I've got to be ready. He's doing the work. He's filling us up. I love the second part of this. These bones, the breath was in them, and they became an exceeding great army. Isn't that good news this morning? That we're actually an army. We're we're people in the army of God to be able to fulfill the plan of God on earth. I, I just say it like this. You guys here today have a chance to become kingdom carriers. Wow. Kingdom carriers. That's big. What you're carrying on the inside is the kingdom of God that needs to be unleashed on the outside. And all of us have a different part. Mine just happens to be right now, pulpit to stir up encourage, and get you on the track and just say, hey, come on now. Stay connected. Your part could be something completely different. could be for one person. But it's important. I want to show you something in Acts 3. Go to Acts 3 real quick. Are we getting stirred up? Yeah. Amen. Send us out, Lord. Send us out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, I got to do one more thing before I do that. Let's go to John 11. I touched on this a little bit, but we'll segue—that means go right into—from Ezekiel 37 into John 11, verse 25. I want—I want to show you this other principle here, where it kind of confirms Ezekiel that if you're just bones, you're just kind of—you're kind of flapping around a little bit, clanking around. We need the breath of the Holy Spirit in all areas. Amen. He's here to show us and give us creative ways to reach our families, to reach people that need Him. And what I love in, in John 11, we've got la- the Lazarus story. Now, Lazarus was sick. Jesus loved him. It was Mary and Martha's brother, and Jesus knew of him. He was actually a disciple of Jesus. They're close. They're, they're what we would say down here, they're homies, right? They're tight. They're like this. They're like locked. Jesus loved him, and He loved Jesus. And there was a relationship there, and we see that in this chapter. And Without going through the whole thing, Lazarus ends up getting sick and he dies, right? And then we see Jesus do a kind of a shifty move. He says, well, I'm just going to hang out over here for two days. I'm going to hang out because I'm not going to just run over there when there's a problem. Because there's something bigger that needs to happen. There's going to be some glory that's going to be spread out, and people are going to see my glory because God works with dead things. you we like, that yeah, was real good, preacher. Yeah, was. I was dead once. I was kind of feeling dead this morning, to be honest with you. God, but God, but God. And so here it is, Lazarus, I mean, Jesus is about ready to show off, but nobody knows that they're like, wow, why would we go? And even the disciples are like, going back in there, they're trying to stone you. Why'd you go don't go back there, Jesus. Lazarus is already sleeping, he'll be okay. He's just taking a fat nap. you know what I mean? No. Jesus said he's dead. Disciples had to figure it out and go, okay, something's going down. He says, the glory of God will be revealed in me." And then all of a sudden Mary, I believe it was Martha was the first one, I don't know for sure, but Martha or Mary, one of the two, came running to Jesus as Jesus finally gets into town and says, "Where have you been? If you... Would have been here sooner, my brother would not have died. Jesus is going, this is a heavy rev here. But he finally looks there and says, listen, do you believe what I tell you about Lazarus, that he will live again? Mary says, yeah, I believe, Lord, at the second coming, he's going to come back. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Your resurrection doesn't have to happen when the trumpet blows We're all out of here. It can happen right now. In your dead state, He can shake you loose. And so here's old Lazarus. You know, he's over there and Jesus and Mary or Martha are having this discussion. If you would have been here. You ever feel like that? In faith, you know, we're faith people. We're waiting for that miracle of provision or God knows what else, or healing. And we're like, if you would have just been there. But God's saying, listen, I'm about ready to do something. And here it is. Then he's talking it again and he says this in verse 25. He says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and what? The life. We talked about that. And it says, the the life. He that believeth in me. Do I got any believers this morning? Come on now. This isn't just a story for back in the day. This is right now. He that believeth in me, though he were dead. Yet shall he live. And whosoever, everybody say whosoever. Say this, I am a whosoever. Come on, say it like whosoever. That's what I'm talking about. You're a whosoever this morning. Liveth and believeth in me. Is there anybody living in here this morning? Is there some breath here this morning? Whoever liveth and believeth, there's two qualifications. You got to live and you got to believe. Can't just believe. You gotta live. You gotta live this thing. Believe and live in me shall never die. Jesus turns around and says, believe it? Asks her, do you believe it? And then she goes into that, that little question of, Well, yeah, I believe that. Then the other sister comes and says, Wow, where's it all happening? You should have been here. Finally, Jesus says, All right, where'd you lay him?" We see through the course of it, Jesus wept, he's got a heart. Even though the miracle happened and he knew that Lazarus would be alive, he still wept. Is that big or what? Big heart. Then verse 42, and I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand, this is the prayer he's having with God, Father, I thank thee that that thou hast heard me, verse 42, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. There's a miracle about ready to happen for the people. Your city is in right position for the exact same miracle. There's a city that has seen enough dead stuff. Seen enough poverty. Seen enough drugs. Seen enough addicts walking around like zombies. But High Desert Word Center is showing up to the game. And they're saying, We're gonna bring some life even when it seems dead. Same same concept. I want you to catch this by the Spirit of God this morning. He's about ready to do something. Say he's about ready to do something. And I love this, and it says, Jesus, after He sent this prayer, and when He thus had spoken, He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. What did Lazarus really represent? Yeah, he was a body. Yeah, he had bones. But how many know Lazarus had a personality? He was a disciple of Jesus. He had gifts and callings. On the inside. So you could kind of say this. Yeah, his body raised up. But what really raised up was what God needed him to still do. That's good. That's good. We look at a body being raised. Well, big deal. So he's raised. I'm more interested in, when I get to heaven, what Lazarus was all about. Later in chapter 12, he was hanging out with Jesus at a supper. He was rolling with Jesus for a minute. But it's his giftings and callings that got raised up. There's people in here today that not only just need to raise up and put a smile on your face, but you got something in you that needs to come out of you. Amen? So here we got a resurrection of the dead going on. But then I want you to to see this right here. That's why we spent the time to set this up. Verse 44. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. What a sight. Does this kind of sound familiar as Ezekiel's story about these bones? Here's the bones standing. Here's Lazarus. He finally gets his miracle. You know, I wonder what he was thinking this whole time. Like, man, Jesus, hurry up. But here he is, he's all bound up. Remember that picture in our video, that little kid? That was actually a Lazarus sermon that Levi did for the, for the Soto and Cree Indian tribes. And we, we wrapped him with toilet paper. And we said, This is what Lazarus felt like. But that's kind of what Lazarus looked like that day. When Jesus said, Come forth, he was still bound up. It's many of us. We've been resurrected. We've bought the t shirt, the cup, the CDs. We're saved. But we come in every Sunday doing the same thing over and over and over again. Till we're dead. Till we get, we get revival needed. An awakening. How many know we got to get, get up? we got to do something. And so I love what Jesus says next. He didn't leave Lazarus ministering like this. God bless you, sister. Hey. You know, the Bible says lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. Oh, I can't even. Praise God. Oh. Praise God. How many of us, huh? Go to our workplace. We're at the water bottle. Oh. Praise God. Oh. How effective, huh? Resurrected, could still make heaven. I'm not saying you're gonna go to hell for not you know, this isn't a this isn't a service where I'm trying to get you to go buy a bike and go door to door, okay? You know what I'm talking about? We got those in town. That's based your salvation based on works. That's not why I'm talking I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being an army. An army of God, being free like you know you can be free. Okay? That means starting to use what you got on the inside. Because I'm telling you what, I'm speaking to the cream of the crop this morning. I'm looking at people that got what it takes to get some things shaken. And tonight's going to be powerful. The Lord gave me revelation on Acts 3. I don't think we're going to get into it. But come back tonight. Acts 3 is a very important message and also Mark 2. There's one word that sticks out in those scriptures that is going to change your life. It's going to be powerful. But after Jesus tells Mary and Martha, I am the resurrection and the life, Lazarus comes forth. He's standing there in array, in his splendor, in the grave clothes. Not effective. Not doing what he was called to do. And I bet even in Lazarus behind the veil, so to speak, as he's got a napkin around his face, you can see him kind of smiling a little bit like, you can see the toilet paper or whatever they're using, you know, just because kind of, he's happy that he's alive. There's more to your story than just coming out of something. He wants to take you into something. That's why I don't share my testimony as much as I used to unless I need to because he's taken me so far away from the old man that I don't need to look back. Now, if you're struggling with alcohol, drugs, and I was at a meeting where that was conducive, and it was a prison or somewhere where that needed to be said, then I would testify until the cows come home that God can deliver. But so many of us get stuck in the grave clothes and say, well, I, I'm this old homie right here, and I came out of gangs, and I'm, a gang, I'm an ex and I'm gangsting for Jesus, and still kind of talking. I mean, come on now. I didn't used to wear suits to church. I just believe giving God the best. If they can talk about sports and football and all those guys wearing suits and ties, if I'm speaking about Jesus, I can wear my best. Amen? It's all good. All I'm saying is we can't get stuck always talking about what we came out of. we got to start talking about what we're coming into. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're coming into some stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Say it. Say it to your other neighbor. You're coming in. You know, there's a good chance most of us in here, and I'm included, probably don't have an inheritance coming from my mom and daddy. I'm just being honest. You know, we, we weren't born with that spoon in our mouth. We, we work for what we get. But I'm going to tell you, there's an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Ooh, you talk about he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's got all of the gold you'll ever want to need. We're going to be walking on streets of gold. And, get this, he says, I've got a mansion I'm preparing for you. Aren't you glad he didn't say trailers? Come on, somebody. This is, we're talking mansion. <laughs> I'm from Missouri. I can talk about trailers, too. You ever want to go find ten trailers, go, go there. God has it set up for us. But we got to start talking and seeing ourselves more than just resurrected. We want to have the resurrection and, come on, help me out, the, yeah, that's it. Amen? And so here it is. Jesus, thank God, in his wisdom and almighty, beautiful ministry, didn't leave Lazarus hanging. Because like I said, that would have been funny stuff. But this is what he said. After the napkin thing, Jesus is looking at him. And he says, "Jesus saith unto them, to them, 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 you here get the oh man, sokroba. You're here to help somebody get loosened. Jesus delegated." One of the most powerful situations for a dead man. Jesus said to them, High Desert Word Center, He said to them, Loose him and let him go. Ha <laughs> ha! Let me try that over here. Loose him and let him go. Come on. <laughs> We're talking about a dead man getting raised up. We're talking about a dead man's gifts coming back to life. And that's what's going to happen to you this weekend. I'm going to say it's just the start. There's things shifting. This was such a powerful service. I needed it. Brian Besser and ministries and family and the whole enchilada needed you this morning. Because it gives an evangelist hope that there's still a remnant that still wants to rise up and take what belongs to them. Aren't you sick of Satan having this town? Yeah. I am too. Yeah. You know, Barbara's got roots down here. Her mother lives about an hour away in Colton, California. She's a SoCal girl. We see the same spirit down there. Settling. Well, how many know this church is drawing the line this morning? Yeah. We're saying that's right every time we do an outreach. Come cross that line. I almost want to say, come on, cross it, sucker. Come on. Kind of bring it in. Every time we do that Halloween thing, we're going to draw the line and say, come on, pass that line. At least you know that night you got 5,000 people that are in your territory. Glory to God. Every time you do something for Eastern, you pack eggs. Who's the egg packers in here? I'm gonna tell you what, egg packers, you start speaking in the Holy Ghost over every one of those eggs. When they open eggs, they'll be like, Hallelujah! (laughs) There's an egg packing anointing right now. Can you sense it this morning? I'm telling you to start looking for fruit everything you're doing. You got a root, you can have fruit. Come on. You're getting roots. You're getting mature. You can do some stuff for Christ. Every time you pack that egg, you just showed up by seat. Salvation right there. Holy Ghost filled kid. And then just at the end of all the eggs, you're saying no cavities in Jesus' name. <laughs> Believe what God's got you here for. And why you're here. He's raising up an exceeding great army. And when Jesus Christ said, Loose him and let him go, Jesus in chapter twelve of John paraded around with Lazarus. They had dinner together and it really messed with the religious folk. If you read and study that, in John twelve, the Pharisees, here's Lazarus, just got raised from the dead. You know, he's happy, right? He's like, Yeah, that was a long four days. That was a bad day. I, like We think we have bad days. Lazarus like, I had four in a row. <laughs> I mean, this was like a Monday, a Monday, a Monday, and a Monday. He's like, oh, having a bad day. Four of them. And then Jesus says, I've got a plan for you. I've got something for you to do. I'm not done with you. Then all of a sudden, this chapter 12 The Pharisees, He's only been alive now maybe five days at most. They travel into this other area. and They're getting mad at Jesus because now people are starting to follow somebody, get this, that raised somebody from the dead. Oh, they're going to talk about you. Your family's going to talk about you. The city's going to probably come at you the religious denominations in your area will probably start talking. Why? Because people will leave where it's dead. That's just true. That's real. Hashtag, Levi would say it like this. Hashtag real talk. Right there. (laughs) Amen? This is happening in Jesus' ministry right before His eyes. He's parading a a dead man that's alive now around with Him and He's eating supper and these Pharisees are like, who's this guy? Now they go on the side. They have a side meeting. And they start talking. Ah, they're taking all our people from our church. What in the world is happening? And then it says this. The Pharisees were trying to consult to kill Lazarus. Twice. How many of you feel like that sometimes? Like you're the comeback kid. You've been dead for four days. All of a sudden, you're alive again, and bam, they come at you again. Stay in the fight. Stay in. It's a good fight of faith. Come on. If we don't talk about that at all, then you could just come out of here and go, Oh, it's all going to be great. No. It's not great always serving God. The fact is, you will be persecuted. Because you're bringing dead things back to life. Satan wants things to stay dead. Dead. Period. But not us. Not us. We're smart enough to say, you know when the grave clothes come off, buddy, I'm unleashing what's on the inside for the outside. And he's working with us right now. But there's a day that's coming when He wants to start sending you. I do a whole study on this. Matthew 7 and 10. And it talks about Jesus sending them out two by two. Two by two. Power to heal. Cleanse. Cast out devils. Where? How come nobody's casting out devils anymore? Did they leave? I mean, back in the day, my dad took me to Norval Hayes Bible College. I don't know if anybody knows who this guy was, but he found devils everywhere. But he cast them out. I've seen ladies and women and people and men lined up with demonic spirits flying out of them. It took six ushers to hold down one girl foaming from the mouth. She got up, set free. Any devils in here? Anybody want to be delivered this morning from Satanic? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.